0: Hello, my name is Ian McCrowan. I am a student currently working on my master's for art education. I also teach art at a high school in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Today joining me is Joanne Liang. Joanne, would you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hi Yen, thank you so much for having me. Hi everyone, my name is Joanne. I'm a full-time student working on my master's degree and a former elementary school teacher. Before we start, may I share an article that I just finished reading?
0: Yeah, that would be great. What are you reading about?
1: Oh, I just read that uh, Kim Kardashian is going to Spain. Um, It sounds funny, but I don't think that looks real. This just
0: the like a piece of fake news to me. It is interesting that you bring that up, because today's episode is actually on disinformation. So yeah, uh, Kim Kardashian might not be going to space, but <laughs> we should delve into this idea about what disinformation exactly is. Joanne, would you mind giving us just a brief explanation about uh, what exactly disinformation is?
1: Sure, so fake news fits in the category of disinformation, which is the false information that is spread by people intentionally to harm a target population. It's different from misinformation. Why? Because misinformation is often defined as false information that is spread unintentionally, but tends to harm.
0: I see, so this idea of disinformation being more intentional in its way of deceiving the public of separates it from misinformation so I guess let's begin by talking about who this is affecting and who's going to be the most vulnerable to this idea of disinformation.
1: In this 21st century world technology plays an important role in our lives. A lot of us are affected by disinformation. Drawing on a spice reading, the people who produce disinformation take advantage of the disruption which were caused by the change in the news industry to spread in information they prefer. For some reasons, the older generation will adapt to this new information in reality slower than the people from the other age group. A lot of study have shown that people after 65 in particular will be more likely to spread misinformation as well as disinformation on Facebook than a younger generation. Ian, can you believe that?
0: That is crazy, Joanne. Yeah, it's it's wild how it seems to be affecting uh, the older generation. However, this idea of disinformation is not completely new and actually has a history with some of that generation. So I, was, I found it interesting in the reading as well that uh, disinformation goes all the way back to the even the early 20th century where, uh, you know, documents uh, that were reporting about uh, Jewish conspiracies were even being utilized in, uh, later on in schools in Nazi Germany to spread this idea of anti-Semitism, uh, which, as we all know, led to some really terrible moments in our history. So it is just interesting to see that, um, you know, a generation from that time, you know, is is still continuing to uh, have problems navigating this idea of disinformation. Um, and I think it's it's worth, you know, noting that now with this new frontier of technology and social media and the internet, it's no doubt going to be uh, even more frequent that we encounter ideas of disinformation and possibly even harder to navigate around.
1: Right. That's going to be tough.
0: Indeed, it is going to be tough, uh, Joanne. I mean, I think uh, no doubt we're going to need lots of help moving uh, around this this idea. Um, now that we've talked a little bit about some of the people being targeted by this idea of disinformation, um, I suppose we, we should get into the why of, of why are companies or entities or even politicians using this tactic. Um, I noticed in the spies reading, and I liked how they kind of broke it down into this idea of the political and the profitable. Because I think we both know that, you know, we could certainly see this go either way, um, where companies uh, could potentially you know, use disinformation to cut into the profits of another company or jeopardize their trustworthiness or their reputation. Um, but I think equally we could, we've already seen, in fact, you know, in our country, this idea of disinformation becoming part of the political atmosphere. And, um, you know, let's face it, you know, the last, uh, several years in this country's leadership, we've seen a lot of, uh, false information spread, you know? And, uh, so I think it's certainly going to be something in both that, uh, as spies called it, the profitable as well as the political atmospheres, you know, um, where we're going to have to be very vigilant about disinformation. So moving forward from that, um, I guess, uh, we should probably get into, uh, some examples that maybe we've even seen or experienced in our lives. Um, I guess I'll hand it back to you. Um, have you ever come across any disinformation or, or read about any yourself?
1: Sure, I did. So once I have read an article which talked about the election result in Kentucky that showed Kanye West ahead of President Donald Trump and Joe Biden in a presidential race.
0: <laughs> wow, no way. Well, I guess... Leave it to Kanye. <laughs>
1: I know. And the facts are, Kanye once tweeted an election result claiming early polling shows that he was ahead of Trump and Biden in Kentucky. The numbers he shared was fictional. They were mock election data that the Associated Press provided customer as part of the routine testing ahead of elections. They were randomly generate and not based on any predetermined scenarios. The news broadcast later clarified on Twitter and guess what? His first tweet had over eleven thousand retweets.
0: No way, that is wild. You know, it's like eleven thousand retweets. Uh, so clearly, we've this is a great example of disinformation, and especially in today's technological world, turning into misinformation and just spreading throughout the masses like wildfires. So. That, that is wild.
1: Exactly. The twist stated that someone discovered web link that people used during June's primary election to post-associated press election results. Kanye successfully made his way onto the ballot in Kentucky, although he missed filling deadlines in several other states, including in battlegrounds such as Michigan and Florida.
0: Wow. Well, poor Kanye, uh, once again. Um, but at least we got... Uh, some authentic clarification on that matter um great example uh Joanne. um actually one of the things i started uh paying more attention to as we were going down our wormhole of researching disinformation was this idea of deep fakes
1: mm, tell me about that
0: so yeah this idea of deep fakes uh which is a phenomenon in artificial intelligence and is this technology that actually enables anyone with a computer or with internet connection to create hyper-realistic looking photos and or videos of people saying and doing things that they may not have actually done or may have never even been in the room while whatever event was taking place. So we can see how this idea can become very problematic very quickly regarding disinformation. as I was looking through the Forbes article that was discussing deep fakes, it was kind of interesting to see the range of how this technology is used. Some of which could be a much more innocent, playful uh, intent. However, you know, plenty of examples where this could, you know, become very controversial or, or, or problematic. Um, one was President Obama using an swear word to describe president Trump. Um, others range from Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Facebook's owner, uh, admitting that Facebook's true goal is to manipulate and exploit its users. So we could see how the admission of facts that aren't real, uh, could jeopardize an entire company, could jeopardize an entire candidate. And I, just wanted to highlight this one uh portion of the article uh, even part of it was labeled uh, uh when seen is not believing but this this particular quote stood out for me uh, from an nyu professor nasir menon uh, it states the man in front of the tank at tiananmen square moved the world nixon on the phone cost him his presidency images of horror from concentration camps finally moved us into action if the notion of not believing what you see is under attack, that is a huge problem. One has to restore truth and seeing again. And I just thought that was a really powerful way of explaining this problem of deep fakes and disinformation and how it really starts to move away from solely affecting one powerful person or a candidate's chance at office And starts to bleed into the rest of us as a collective in that, you know, when you plant these seeds of deceit in the methods and how we get information, it starts to, you know, create more and more distrust of how we receive information. And as much as we can see evidence on how disinformation exactly mobilizes uh, groups, whether it be extremist groups um, or groups trying to do harm. This is a great example, I think, of how disinformation and its spread that turns into misinformation can really demobilize groups in that there becomes a certain point where you don't know who to trust, you don't know what outlet to rely on, and I think people are going to become scared, you know, of, of what is real and what is not real, um, which is discomforting in that when people are scared, that's typically when we uh, make bad choices. So, so it, you know, it, it's becoming a very scary environment, so to say.
1: True, true. I can see that's really getting scary now.
0: I hear it. All this does seem a little bit scary, which I guess brings us to, you know, where do we go from here? And, you know, how do we approach this and navigate disinformation so it doesn't spread and turn into misinformation? Um, Juwen, do you think you could talk a little bit about the importance on how us as educators are going to need to approach this very subject?
1: Of course, drawing from the Bulger and Davison reading, media literacy had become a center of gravity for countering fake news and a diverse array of stakeholders. We teachers should take the responsibility to assist students when it comes to distinguishing between true and false information they receive on social media platforms. Always let them know that checking multiple sources, especially the website that are managed professionally, help them to identify whether the information in front of them is true or not.
0: Absolutely, I completely agree.
1: Recently, I have learned a trick to verify the authenticity of the information on the website, which is when you're visiting a website, look for the About Us icon and click on it. It will bring you a decent amount of information about the represented organization. By evaluating the expertise of it, we can kind of figure it out that whether these show information is true or not.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it's going to be so important to teach about disinformation in order to really avoid this spread of misinformation. Um, And I mean, unfortunately, though, I think this is only going to be the beginning of how we need to navigate this new idea of disinformation, um, and especially its new methods. Um, I think like, You know, we may also have to approach it from a legislative standpoint and try to have a discussion around, you know, what laws need to be implemented in order to avoid the spread of disinformation. And although that could be its own messy feature due to our country being so passionate about our First Amendment rights and freedom of speech. But that could then, I guess, move into holding the companies accountable like the Googles, the Facebooks, the Twitters and having a higher standard so that this idea of disinformation isn't spread, you know, globally and causing uh, some of the various problems that we were just kind of outlining.
1: I agree. At the same time, I think they should have some more strict policy to defeat all these fake news and some more concrete steps for all of us to take in order to stop the spread of disinformation.
0: Absolutely. I think it's going to take a group effort or a collective effort um, by all of us, everything down from the the roots of it and the education level and making sure our students are prepared for this obstacle in life up until even, you know, uh, policies and a legislative level, if we can start to, you know, figure out how we can stop this spread of disinformation from its source so that it doesn't become a larger national perhaps even global problem that being said i hope that this episode wasn't too spooky or scary despite the halloween time of year that we are in and hopefully it gave our listeners a few pointers on what to look out for and how to navigate around it so that'll wrap up this episode around disinformation um me and Gwen, uh want to thank everyone for listening. This was our first official podcast. And we will leave you on our advice of please, please, please always check your sources. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good